Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to The Gangster, book six in the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Gangster is suitable for ages 12 and up and contains graphic violence. The Gangster is also available as a signed, numbered, limited edition hardcover while supplies last. To order, go to scottsigler.com slash store. Hello, junkies. Welcome to The Gangster, episode number 11. So much going on in the world of the GFL and Siglerism. We are in the middle of recording The Stone Wolves, a full-on GFL novel that should be out around the end of 2021 or so. The Gangster ebook is now out on Amazon for Kindle and should populate to other e-reader marketplaces very, very soon. Remember, if you pre-order the Gangster Limited Edition hardcover, you get the ebook for free. You can find both over at scottsigler.com slash the gangster. You can both pre-order the hardcover and you can find links to just the ebook if you want that. And if you want the whole audio story right now, unabridged, with no ads. With none of my rambling diarrhea mouth. Ah, the gangster is up at audible.com. The gangster is up at audible.com. Flailing Kermit hands gift. Finally, the SIG has come back to Audible. And speaking of Audible, have you left a rating and review for Mount Fitzroy, the sequel to EarthCore? Maybe you've heard of it. It is up at Audible. And at the time of this recording, it is just 25 ratings away from 1,500, which is a nice round number. So go get the gangster. Get Mount Fitzroy. And now let me get you caught up on the story so far. And then Greedock is going to put a hit out on you. Previously on The Gangster, Quentin has received news that has already changed his life forever. He is going to be a father. With someone out to murder him, what can he do to protect his new family and himself? And his efforts to hide the true number of sentients in the church of Quentin Barnes bought him time, but has that time run out? Find out next on The Gangster, episode number 11. Obelisk. A year ago, three little words changed Quentin's life. The words he'd said to Becca, and she'd said back, I love you. Yes, three little words changed his life, but two little words had altered his entire existence. I'm pregnant. Two days after hearing those words, he still hadn't wrapped his head around what was happening. It didn't feel real. Another life was coming into the universe, a life that was half him, half her. Daddy Barnes, Fred said. It has a nice ring to it. Quentin, Fred, and Chodo were in the Hypatia's small galley. 
Fred and Shota were sitting at a table, playing a quith chip stacking game called Obelisk. Fred's three red towers were higher than Shoto's four blue towers, but Shoto's were in a better defensive position. Quentin saw that Fred thought he was winning. Most any player would think that. But in 12 rounds, the game would be over and Shoto would be victorious. Daddy, Fred said. That's what I'll call you from now on. Quentin shook his head. I'd rather you didn't. I'm a daddy. I'm not your daddy. Fred laughed. You can say that again, breeder. Daddy is a diminutive of dad, Chodo said. Dad is a synonym for father, in most instances, indicating one who has bred offspring, yet you use the word breeder like a pejorative. In quith culture, only leaders and queens can breed. Workers and warriors cannot. Do you not wish to breed, Frederico? Fred rolled his eyes. Me? Breed? Oh, hell no. I didn't mean anything bad. I was just giving Gwen a hard time. Say, Chodo, maybe you should focus less on cross-cultural misunderstandings and more on your next move. Pejorative, Quentin said. Diminutive. When you're not pounding gin and eating those nasty worm things, Chodo, you have one heck of a vocabulary. And also when I am not eating them, you regurgitate far less. Fred laughed, a sound that warmed Quentin's heart. It made Quentin feel good to know Fred felt relaxed here, felt at home enough to let down his guard. So much sass, Choats, Fred said. Q, did our stoic warrior just burn you? With Chodo, one was never sure. The warrior had been released from Yegorov Orbital. He wore a nanosite bandage beneath his gray sweatpants. Other than a pronounced limp, one wouldn't know that Shoto had taken a bullet for Quentin and Becca. Quentin knew. He would not forget it. The doctors had told Shoto to take a week off from physical activity. Then rehab would begin. The long-term ramifications of the bullet wound wouldn't be known for weeks, possibly months. The mom-to-be seems pretty happy, Fred said. Where is she? Sleeping again? Quentin nodded. I think the assassination attempt stressed her out more than she let on. Paint me in shades of surprised, Fred said. She seems far more worried about being strong for others first, considering her own needs second. Becca had put on a brave face for the past few days, but exhaustion had caught up with her. Or was she tired because of the baby? Fatherhood. Quentin felt overwhelmed by the very idea of it. I don't know how to handle this, he said. Fred shrugged. People better and worse than you have been handling it for tens of thousands of years. I have faith in the combination of Montaigne and Barnes. Chodo glanced up from the game, looked at Quentin. The warrior's armored eyelid narrowed. You look hungry, Chodo said. Shall I prepare you a meal? Quentin felt somewhat disconnected from his own body. He hadn't realized he was hungry until Chodo mentioned it. I could eat, Quentin said. The warrior quickly placed an obelisk chip, then limped to the refrigerator. I can get my own food, Quentin said. I am already performing the task. Chodo put cheese, crackers, and an apple on a plate. You should consider adding followers. I personally know at least ten workers who would instantly pledge fealty. And consider adding additional warriors as well. You are what a leader is supposed to be. Many warriors would kill to prove their worth to you. Chodo reveled in helping Quentin with anything and everything. 
Helping was possibly too late a term. Serving seemed more accurate. That's what Aquith did for his Shamikath, yet it made Quentin endlessly uncomfortable. The push-pull created a cultural standoff. Chodo was compelled to cater to Quentin in any way possible, while Quentin's upbringing taught him that only horrible people had servants. I don't need more associates, Quentin said. He refused to use the word followers or underlings in context with a sentient he considered his friend. Chodo set the plate on the table, next to his own bowl of freeze-dried centipedes. He was careful not to jostle the game's stacked red and blue chips. Quentin sat. You will have many followers, Chodo said. I am referring to your immediate household, not your churches, which are already very powerful. Your household will be the envy of many leaders, especially now that you have proven your value as desired breeding stock. Fred laughed softly as he placed a red chip on his center tower. Breeding stock, he said. That's what Q is, all right. Quentin put cheese on a cracker, popped it into his mouth. Delicious, but in a distant way, because his thoughts weren't on the food. This is crazy, he said. I mean, my experiences with family are kind of limited. A man who had never known his parents was going to become a parent himself. Parenthood was the most important thing any adult could do, yet there were no requirements, no job training, no nothing. He needed another hundred hours of supervised flying time on the Hypatia to get his pilot's license. But to bring another life into the galaxy? No certification necessary. Anyone could do it, any time they liked. Fred leaned back in his chair, watched Chodo focus on the Obelisk game. Now Quentin wasn't sure if Chodo saw the opportunity after all. If the warrior played the right strategy, the game was already over. But if he didn't see the required series of moves, he might still make a mistake. So, Daddy, Fred said, tell me how it feels to be a father in waiting. Quentin ate another cracker, chewed slowly. It's weird. I feel like I could screw something up, even though from here on out I've pretty much got nothing to do with it. Chodo placed his chip, starting a new tower instead of increasing his height advantage on the right side of the board. A bad play. He'd let Fred back in the game. You are likely worried about your offspring, Chodo said. After you inform me of your pending progeny, I studied the subject of human heavy G hybrids. The probability of a successful birth and a healthy offspring are one one hundredth of a percent, but considering how large you are for a human, and therefore much closer to the size of a heavy G male, statistics indicate your probability for a healthy offspring is far better, almost two percent. Two percent? That couldn't be right. Fred shook his head. Hi, one's halitosis, Chodo. What's wrong with you? Chodo's baseball-sized eye blinked. Nothing is wrong with me. I feel fine. Fred jerked his thumb toward Quentin. You just said his kid has almost no chance of being born healthy. You think that's what he wants to hear right now? I was unaware that fact needed to be presented only at particular times, Chodo said. I thought this was good news. A chance of almost 2 in 100 is significantly better than 1 in 10,000. This is math, Fred. Do you know what math is? Of course I shucking know what math is. The math of 2 in 100 means there's a 98% chance his kid won't make it. 
Quentin stared at his plate. You're not helping, Fred. Oh, Fred said. Ah, right. Sorry. Shoto looked from Fred to Quentin. I believe I understand, the warrior said. You are looking at raw probability, as opposed to the relational probability when compared to typical hybrid unions. My apologies, Shemekath. I told you not to call me that. Chodo's cornea swirled with purple. Yes, you have instructed me so. I have failed you. I am sorry. Quentin took a deep breath. He forgot how literally the quith took things. I sounded more upset than I am. You haven't failed me. It's fine. The purple swirls faded away. Don't worry about my kid, Quentin said. Either of you. The baby will be healthy. Becca had made it sound like there was a small chance their child wouldn't make it. Not a small chance that it would. Had she been protecting him? Did she think him so fragile he couldn't handle the truth? If so, was she right? Fred placed a chip. Chodo contemplated his next move. He reached into his bowl, picked up a centipede. Thick, leggy, and disgusting. He bit it in half with a crunch. Quentin was so hungry that not even freeze-dried insects could dent his appetite. With his left hand, he picked up the apple, lifted it to take a bite. As he did, a lightning bolt of agony laced through his forearm. His sharp hiss of air was enough to make Fred and Chodo pause. That sounded painful, Fred said. Chodo dropped his centipede back into the bowl. Shamakath, are you all right? It's nothing. Fred stared hard. The, uh, 1 to 10 pain scale. You heard of it? Of course I have. I'm guessing you just felt a 9, am I right? It was none of Fred's business, but Quentin answered anyway. 7. Tops. Fred rolled his eyes. Ah, tough guy, huh? I'll lay odds that what you call a 7 is what most humans would call an 11. Chodo pointed a petty pelt finger at Quentin's right hand. Do you remember when you cut off your hand's smallest digit? Yes, Chodo, Quentin said. I remember cutting off my own finger. What was the pain level of that? Fred smirked. Yes, Mr. Macho Man, on a scale of 1 to 10, what did it feel like when you sliced off your own shucking finger? Quentin wanted to lie, to show them, perhaps show himself, that his current injury wasn't that bad, that he could find a way through it. He wanted to lie, but these were his friends. A seven, he said. Fred nodded. So the nerve pain from your shrapnel injury is comparable to having your finger cut off. Threads of green curled on Chodo's cornea. He was afraid for his leader. That is not good, the warrior said. You suffer this pain every time you rotate your wrist? Not every time. Well, that's a relief, Fred said. Not every time. But it does hurt every time you throw a football cue. Quentin didn't answer. Hearing those words from someone else's mouth changed his perspective, made him better realize the situation he was in. He can play through the pain, Chodo said. He always does. Quentin dropped the apple onto his plate. He stood and paced. The galley was so small, he could only take four steps at a time before turning and going the opposite direction. 
In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. It'll heal, he said. Fred leaned forward in his chair, studied the obelisk pieces. Maybe it will, he said. Are you done with that apple? Quentin dismissed the fruit with a wave. Fred grabbed it, took a big, crunching bite, and talked with his mouth full. You know, Q, you could retire. He does not wish to retire, Chodo said, twisting the last word so it sounded like a vulgarity. Quentin is only 23 standard human years old. He has at least a decade left to guide us on the gridiron, perhaps even two decades. Fred shrugged. Everything ends, my crustacean friend. How many sentients get to go out on top after winning two of your, your little trophy thingies? Curls of black swirled on Chodo's cornea, anger pushing away the stress-driven curls of green. It is called the Galaxy Bowl Trophy, Frederico. It is not a thingy. Chodo, relax, Quentin said. Fred isn't insulting the sport. The black curls vanished instantly. Fred took another bite. Sometimes people beat chronic pain. Sometimes 
They carry it for life. His tone hinted at deep, intimate knowledge. Did Fred suffer from chronic pain? If so, he hit it well. But managing pain was one thing. Blocking it out to accurately throw a football 10, 20, 30, even 40 yards into spaces that were often only a few centimeters wide while the best athletes in the galaxy were trying to knock that ball down or intercept it, that was something else entirely. You have not yet told us the results of your exam, Chodo said. What was Dr. Ganagati's prognosis? Could an operation fix your arm? Quentin thought of Ganagati's wings slap spasming against the floor. She said surgery wasn't an option. He rubbed at his left forearm. I don't care what she said. I'll find a way. I'll do whatever it takes. Chodo stood. A warrior would address this issue by attacking the area of concern. If a body part hurts, work that part until the discomfort goes away. Loosely translated into English, we call that technique teaching the pain a lesson. Fred snorted. Well, we humans call that pouring fuel on the fire. I don't know much about quith biology, but in humans, if something hurts, that's our body telling us there is a problem. We're not talking about muscle fatigue here. But hey, Q, you go right ahead. Teach the pain a lesson, whatever floats your boat. Quentin ignored the sarcasm. Maybe I need to get back into top condition. See if that helps. Conditioning always helps, Chodo said. Perhaps traditional gridiron training is not enough to spur your body into recovery mode. Virak and I once fought a man named Kyle North. Have you heard of him? That was only a hair less ridiculous than Chodo asking if Quentin remembered cutting off his own finger. Everyone has heard of Kyle North. He won that big title fight against Korak the Cutter. Chodo's eye narrowed to a slit. The official ruling is that Korak won. He is the greatest champion of all time. The controversy over the fight's outcome is ridiculous. It is clear that- I won. Stop it, Fred said. Give the sports balls argument a rest. You jocks and your endless jabbering about things that don't matter. Chodo, why did you bring up this inane subject in the first place? A man named Marcus Diablo was North's trainer, Chodo said. Diablo is legendary for his conditioning training. I have contacts, Quentin. It is possible I can put you in touch with him. Kyle North had been a beast of a fighter. He'd had mods, sure, and mods were illegal for football. But North's embedded tech didn't change the fact that he'd been in phenomenal shape. Quentin nodded. It's worth a shot. My conditioning can't ever be too good, right? Wrong, Fred said. You're not the first guy in this room to suffer significant injury. Sometimes you have to just rest, man. You have to let your body recover. Quentin knew Fred was right. Sometimes a body needed rest. But to Quentin's ears, at that moment, the word rest was a synonym for quit. He had never quit at anything. I need to try, Quentin said. Chodo, see if you can reach Diablo. Fred shook his head. This is a mistake, Q. Someone knew you were going to Randall Hospital. If those same bastards find out you want to work with Diablo, they'll try to get you when you meet him. A good point. Then you meet him instead, Quentin said. I'll stay on the Hypatia. You find Diablo, hire him without telling him who you're hiring for. 
Would that work? Fred glanced off, thinking. He nodded. Yeah, I suppose it would. You know hiring him would be expensive, right? More expensive than what I pay you? Fred grinned. Don't get crazy. I'll take care of it. But that means you'll need another pilot for the Hypatia. Quentin shook his head. I can fly her. You know I can. You don't have your license yet, Fred said. You get a random stop check from system police and you don't have a pilot's license on record? That gives them the right to board even with your GFL diplomatic immunity. They can't detain me. No, Chodo said. But if there is a contract on your head, system police could be potential assassins. You should not give anyone an excuse to get close to you. Quentin glanced at the game board, trying to stay alive, to keep Becca alive, Becca and the baby, while some unknown player wanted him dead. That was a game, too. Chodo and Fred had just pointed out an obvious strategy. A strategy... Quentin had completely missed. He'd have to be more careful. I don't like the idea of adding a pilot. Yet another person who knows where I'm going and when? Bringing in a stranger means adding a whole new layer of risk. Fred shrugged. So don't bring in a stranger. Big Mike is a licensed pilot. You don't trust him? Kimberlin, a former member of the Zoroastrian Guild, piloting the Hypatia, being in the same ship with Becca, Quentin glanced at Chodo. Along with Virak, Chodo had been Greedock's bodyguard and top enforcer. Who knew what violent things Chodo had done in the service of Greedock? But look at the warrior now. Loyal, trustworthy, reliable. If Quentin judged people solely on questionable allegiances, he would have never given Chodo a chance. You hesitate to answer, the warrior said. Do you not think Kimberlin can be trusted? That was the billion-credit question. Quentin's logical brain screamed no, but his heart said otherwise. Michael Kimberlin was a former Guild member, sure, but he was also Quentin's tutor, his confidant, an all-pro lineman who protected Quentin on every snap of every game. Kimberlin might be the biggest risk of all, or he might be the only real answer to the problem at hand. And if he was a true friend, Having Big Mike around added to Quentin and Becca's safety. Fred shrugged. Forget I suggested that. I can ask my people if they know a pilot that... No, Quentin said. I'll ask Mike to come pilot. Fred, you focus on tracking down Diablo. On the obelisk board, Chodo placed a chip, bolstering his defensive wall. Fred studied the board. Q, have you told your family about the baby? Not yet. I'm letting the idea settle a bit first, you know? How about Becca? Fred placed a chip, starting a new tower close to Chodo's wall. Has she told her parents? No, Quentin said. She feels it's important to tell them face to face, but since you said her seeing them might put them in danger, uh, she's really not sure what to do. Maybe not being able to talk to her parents about the baby, or even the engagement for that matter, was part of Becca's stress, her exhaustion. That's the wise course of action, especially now, Fred said. I just hope they don't find out their little girl is knocked up when they see her in a newscast somewhere. Chodo played a chip, starting a new defensive wall to counter Fred's fresh attack. Knocked up, the warrior said. What does this phrase mean? Quentin groaned inside. This explanation would be awkward and painful. Fred capped his new tower, pressing his advantage. 
It means with child, he said, but without the proper marriage ceremony beforehand. A swirl of teal on Shoto's cornea. He was confused. But, Quentin, you and Becca are engaged, the warrior said. Is that not legal bonding? That's like... Quentin searched for the words. Like uh, pre-bonding. It's not official until the marriage ceremony's completed. Shoto's cornea cleared. I believe I understand. You have impregnated Becca, but done so before a legal, unifying ritual. From my readings about human culture, I believe you are now required to partake in what is called a shot-put wedding. Fred laughed, leaned back so far in his chair he almost fell over. Shotgun wedding, he said. Maybe you mixed up your westerns and your sports novels, or you've been hanging out with Uncle Johnny too much. Chodo said something back. The two began to argue, but Quentin was no longer listening. He and Becca hadn't planned their wedding. What if they had it now, instead of months or years from now? The Hypatia was still in Earth orbit. A wedding somewhere on Earth meant Becca's parents wouldn't have to travel very far. And if the ceremony was small, secret, very secret, there would be little danger. But where could they have it? Maybe Becca didn't want all that much, but she definitely did not want a hurry-up wedding. They would do this only once. Quentin needed a place that Becca would always remember. And then it hit him, suddenly and fully. He knew the location, knew it was right. It would be expensive, horribly so, but what else did he have to spend his money on? Other than Fred's services, nothing much. And it was the off-season. It could work. It could really work. Fred, do you have some of your disguises with you? Does Old Best take dino-sized dumps? Quentin blinked. What does that mean? It means humans are obsessed with feces, Chodo said. Fred rolled his eyes. It means I brought my usual array of undercover gear. I need you to go back down to Earth and take care of something for me, Quentin said. Then, I need you to arrange a way to get Janine, Ma, and a few other people here from Ionath. But make sure no one knows it has anything to do with me. Can you do that? Psh, in my sleep, man. What did you have in mind? A report from the Kretorakian Ministry of Religion, CMR, and the Non-Kretorakian Intelligence Agency, NCIA, to be delivered directly to the emperors of the Kretorakian Empire. The Church of Quentin Barnes and other Barnes-related sects. While the Church of Quentin Barnes, COQB, recently split into multiple smaller factions, we at the CMR still feel there is cause for concern. We recommend the resumption of the COQB investigation, an effort that was previously discontinued due to the church's schism. The three main sects worshipping Quentin Barnes are the COQB, with approximately 30 million followers, led by High Priestess Richfield, headquartered on Ionath. The church seat was formerly located in Alamum in the Sklerno dynasty. The Orthodox Barnesian Separatists, OBS, with 26.5 million, led by Grand Pope Hoyt Bogard, headquartered on Chichana in the Sklerno dynasty. The Reformed House of Quentinism, 
RHQ, with 18 million members, led by Who Love Q. The RHQ leader is known by the title of Quetzalcoatl. The church seat is located on Hopol in the Key Empire. Individually, the numbers of each church are too low for concern. However, it is important to note that the combined members of those sects, as well as a few smaller break-off organizations, bring the total followers of Quentin Barnes to approximately 90 million sentients. Were all of the followers of Quentin Barnes to be counted as a unified church, we would find ourselves precariously close to 100 million, the number at which we would recommend Barnes be declared a threat to the Kretorakian Empire. Summary liquidation of said threat is considered mandatory. Of great concern are unsubstantiated reports that the three primary sects are hiding their true numbers from the CMR. NCIA models of the growth rate of Barnes's followers, based on data trends and on his massive intergalactic exposure from the most recent Galactic Football League title game, indicate a 61% probability that his total combined following is over 200 million sentients. It is important to note that if the actual total number of followers across all sects reaches 250 million, the NCIA predicts an inevitable exponential spike in followers. Even if Barnes is liquidated after reaching that number, mathematical models predict the spike will take the total number of his followers into the billions. Once the 250 million follower level is achieved, CMR analysts feel that removing Barnes could give him martyr status. In death, it is possible Barnes could have an even greater impact on potentially destabilizing society. We must properly know the number of followers before this catalytic moment occurs. We must properly know the number of followers before this catalytic moment occurs. However, at this time, the CMR and NCIA have no proof that the three main sects are in collusion in any way, nor does either agency have verifiable proof that any of the sects are actually misrepresenting their numbers. The NCIA has pointed out that the organization has reserved space for Barnes at the undisclosed containment facility, should the need arise, to remove him from public view for extended questioning. You have been listening to The Gangster, book six in the Galactic Football League series, written and narrated by Scott Ziegler. Follow Scott on Instagram and Twitter, where he is at Scott Ziegler, one word, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Scott Ziegler. For more information on the Galactic Football League series and for more free audiobook podcasts, visit scottsigler.com. The Gangster was directed by A. Sigler, engineered by Steve Rickyberg. Copyright 2020, Empty Set Entertainment. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Super Weapon. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.